Smartcast Media. The Nation State of Play podcast is produced by IBC Media in San Diego, California. Hi, and welcome to Nation State of Play. I'm your host, Brian Miller. On each episode of this podcast, we explore high-impact topics determining the future of our nation state. Well, thanks for listening today. Our guest is Carol Magruder, who is the co-founder of the African-American Tobacco Control Leadership Council. Um, We've talked about the tobacco fights in California a few times on the show, but it's been a while and there's some really important things going on. There's going to be a a referendum to basically confirm the law that was passed uh, two years ago now banning flavored tobacco in California. The tobacco companies are pulling out all the stops to confuse voters on this. And Carol's group is really ramping up in the communications to explain why you should vote yes to uphold this critical law. She's been one of the national leaders on this issue, certainly one of the leaders throughout California. But we start off with a good overview of kind of where things are federally, where things are in the different states, and then really zeroing in on what the next steps are gonna be here in California on just a hugely important issue to public health. So thanks for listening. Stay with us. Carol Magruder coming up right after this. American democracy is good, but we can make it better. The National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers includes organizations across the country who are working right now to build a better democracy by opening primaries, implementing safe, secure voting systems, reducing corruption, and increasing transparency. Listen to our weekly podcast, How to Win Friends and Save the Republic, to hear updates from the latest movements in the democracy reform space. Subscribe and learn more about us at nonpartisanreformers.org. Welcome back to the Nation State of Play podcast. Carol, thanks so much for being on the show today. It's great to have you. Thank you. My pleasure to be with you today. Before we get started, could you tell the listeners a little bit about your organization, the African-American Tobacco Control Leadership Council, and what you focus on? Sure. So the AATCLC, as we are called, uh, we were formed in 2008, and largely to deal with a lot of the uh, budget cuts that were happening in the state of California as we were more successful in our tobacco control efforts, then the resources go down because the, the, the resources are generated by tobacco tax. Um, And so just by happenstance that next year in 2009, uh, President Barack Obama at that time signed the Tobacco Control Act, which was historical, and that it gave the FDA the authority over the tobacco industry. And there were many things in the initial part of the Tobacco Control Act. And one of the biggest pieces of it was that it removed all of the flavors out of combustible cigarettes, except for one. And that one was menthol. And menthol cigarettes are what have been perniciously dumped and targeted in the African-American community for decades. And it's what uh, 85% of black smokers who smoke smoke because of this seeding that the industry had done over decades. So we took particular um, insult to that and we became really focused on uh, the FDA adding menthol to the list of flavors that had been banned and taken off the market. because of our advocacy and the advocacy of other African-American groups like the National African-American Tobacco Prevention Network at that time, there was an amendment added to the Tobacco Control Act that charged the FDA with studying menthol and making a decision about it. And so from 2009 to 2022, here we are, uh, there've been some little feeble attempts by the FDA, but nothing had happened. Uh, Even though Canada has taken it off the market in that time, 
the European Union, which is a conglomeration of Western countries in Western Europe, took, took it off, off out of numerous countries, Brazil, Ethiopia, but the US was still kind of plugging mm -hmm. along without taking any action. And that's because of the huge interference of the tobacco industry and the public health of our country. Okay, so yeah, it's a, it's a great grounding. And uh, th this is one of these really frustrating areas where th this is something the FDA could do without congressional authority, right? To, to, to be clear, they, this, is, this is just something the administration has the power to do now, is that right? That is correct. They have the authority to do so, but there is a process. And the process is fraught with tobacco industry interference and interference from the uh, the White House. So the Office of uh, on, on OMB. I'm blanking on what those initials stand for, but a budget management and budget. So right. there was an attempt by the FDA to do something, and that got redlined when it went through the White House. So though they have the authority to do it, there's still some steps and some uh, bureaucracy and protocols that need to happen. But they absolutely have the authority to do it. Okay. And I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm a veteran of the Obama administration. I am sympathetic to arguments about um, congressional stonewalling. Um, but, but then when we see stuff that is actually happening on our watch, not just eight years of the Obama administration, but, but now we're into, well into the Biden administration and it's, and it's still not happening. I, I'm curious as to what you make of the politics there, because what, and, and I think this is one of these areas where as Democrats, at least I feel like we have to look in the mirror, like we're, we're talking about political interference by tobacco, not just with yes. Republicans, but with Democrats. Is that, exactly, is that fair? exactly, exactly. So the, 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 the long <laughs> arm of the tobacco industry reaches very far into both sides of, of, of our country. I think Republicans uh, tend to be, have more influence and are, are more, uh, sub, they're more, um, they will block things more, but it happens on both sides of the aisle, that's for sure. So the, the, the FDA, they were mandated to do something about menthol. They met, they had studies. And this is the thing is that the tobacco industry, because of the way our country is structured, because the FDA now has oversight, that gives the tobacco industry actually a seat at the table for all of the negotiations. It's a non-voting seat but they still see what's coming down the pipeline. They're still able to have lawsuits to block. They're still able to go in and lobby directly with our elected officials to block. And so, and that's what pe people need to understand. So we actually, uh, my organization, and along with Action on Smoking and Health, the American Medical Association and the National Medical Association, we actually sued the FDA in an administrative lawsuit in 2020. And that spurred them to act on a citizen's petition that had been filed back, I believe, in 2013. So just last week, last Thursday, the FDA did issue uh, the rule that they are taking menthol off the market, along with little cigars and little cigarillos, which are just totally left out of the original FDA Tobacco Control Act. So that process will take about two years. Um, and now we are in the throes of it. And there, of course, there are lots of, um, you know, places along the road for interference and to block it, even if it is passed, the industry can sue. So this is why it's so important for our local cities, counties, and states to continue to enact legislation to protect their children, to protect their citizens, and get mentholated and flavored tobacco products off the market. Yeah, well, great, great segue to, to get back to, to California, and we'll certainly keep a close watch on what's going on in Washington for sure. But um, 
now this this California process has been confusing for a lot of people because we've had referendums and ballot initiatives and everything. So can you just give us give the listeners just a little refresh? We yes. we talked about this on the show yes. a few times, but a little refresh of like where we stand. So in yes, California so and tobacco. You know, tobacco commercial tobacco control is a roller coaster because you you think it's done and then it's not done because the industry just has such unlimited resources. So we have at our, our group, along with all of the many collaborators, public health people across the country, we've been enacting local legislation to deal with this issue. So Chicago was the first city um, in 2013, we call it, they broke bad and they simply had a buffer zone around school. So you couldn't sell these deadly products within 500 feet of a school. And because Chicago so dense, an urban city that took a lot of these stores offline and that's, and they litigated it. So the industry sued, Chicago litigated it, they prevailed. And then that opened the floodgates for cities and counties across this country to enact legislation. And then it got bigger and bolder. So San Francisco was the first major city to enact legislation to take Newport cigarettes and flavored tobacco off the market, period. That generated a, um, a referendum of collecting signatures for the city and county of San Francisco, put it on the ballot. 68% of San Franciscans said, yes, we want this law to stay in place. We want these products out of our community. And then other cities and counties all over California. Then we got to the state. So that's where Senate Bill 793 comes in. So this was a hard fought a slugfest uh, to get a state bill passed. California became the second state after Massachusetts, the state of Massachusetts has done it, to enact legislation to take menthol and flavored tobacco products off the market. So this fight, um, it became very racialized because that's what the industry has racistly targeted Black people for all these decades, resulting in people thinking that this is our choice and our preference, these products, when they've been seeded in our community given away to children as young as nine years old, given away to the comedian Dave Chappelle when he was 14 years old in, in, in met at the Metro station in Washington, DC. And we see his addiction to tobacco products is profoundly and painfully in front of our, our, our eyes. Um, so that seeding is, is what was racist. And the public health response to take these deadly products off the market is the remedy to that to that initial racism and 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 and, and profiling and targeting of African Americans? So Senate Bill was passed uh, with a big fight. Governor Newsom signed it right away in August, I believe, of 2020. The tobacco industry promptly began collecting signatures to put it on the ballot referendum because we have that process in California. And those initial collection of signatures. A lot of it was dishonest. I had many people who know my work calling me saying, because they were saying it's racist, that the, what they were signing would take flavors off the market um, because there was an exemption for hookah, which we did not agree with, but that's you know the politics of uh, making a bill and we're gonna get hookah next year. Um, so there was confusion. They collected the signatures because they paid people big money in record time. And now it will be on the ballot this November, California. It's the showdown because as California goes, so goes the nation. The industry knows they want to keep California. And, and so we're seeing the ramp up to pulling out all the stops to confuse voters, to make this seem like this is something racist against Black people, when in effect it is for Black smokers. No one loves Black smokers more than we do. That's why we exist. That's why we were created. We all have had personal loss uh, with smokers in our own families. Um, and seeing the effect of that, that this deadly targeting has had on our community. And people need to understand that, you know, a million Black people have died in the past 20 years 
because of tobacco-induced diseases. That's directly. That's not secondhand smoke. That's not all the other effects, but a million people. So when we're weighing um, what's happening with police reform, because that's what our detractors say, is that this is going to harm the Black community and that it's, you know, a brother's going to walk down the street and they're going to say, are you smoking a menthol cigarette? This is not about the individual. People can do whatever they want. It's about the cartel. It's about the tobacco industry will no longer be able to manufacture and distribute these products in the United States of America. So I've heard some people, and, and maybe this is a little dated political analysis at this point, so, so straighten me up if I'm wrong, but, but I've heard some people say, well, the tobacco companies just didn't referendum because that buys them two years without the law going into effect. And they don't necessarily think they're going to win, but that's just good economics for them anyway, because they put, they put the delay. Uh, how, how much of a risk is this? actually passing? What's your sense of the politics of where things are in this? It's so hard to say because we know that people and entities like the industry, that they will have, uh, they will confuse voters. And that's, you know, if you can confuse people, one thing in our favor is that, uh, well, it's a yes vote, but if you confuse people, they won't do anything or they'll vote no, because they don't really understand it. So we know that they're going to pull out all the stops um, to, you know, to block this state law. And I believe, you know, they're in the business of buying time. So the, when you buy two years, that's extra how many, you know, million right. folks who are going to uptake and become lifelong customers. So that's, that's a strategy. But I do know that they are seriously going to do everything they can to, to block this, you know, to block this law from taking effect because, you know, they need California. They need to keep California. So it's going to be no holds barred. And they and we'll you'll be seeing more and more and more as we get closer to November of different strategies to confuse people and to tie this into racism against black people, because they're, you know, people of, of good heart who want to do the right thing. They're going to do. No, we don't want to hurt. You know, we don't want to hurt people. We don't want to hurt black people. But this movement has been led by us. Um, and so and we are telling our folks this is what we need to do that the law is the beginning, not the end. It's not a magic bullet. It's not magic. We passed the Voting Rights Act in 1965. We're still working on that. So we know we're in this for the long haul. We are rallying public health across this country to help and service African-American menthol smokers and everybody else to know that they can. We can get these deadly products out of our community. But whatever, we want to stop. We want to break this. We want to have a, we want to break the, the generational addiction in our communities and give our give this next generation a chance to not be addicted menthol smokers. So, uh, and and that's very very well said in helpful context. Could, can you give us a sense then of how you try to counter that misinformation, uh, not just in the African American community, but of course everyone's going to be voting on this. So, so what does that look like for you as a practical matter? In in what in in part of what concerns me about this cycle is. It's a fairly low-profile election cycle, right? The governor's mm -hmm. race is not attracting a lot of interest, and certainly have a lot of key law enforcement issues on the ballot um, and some other ballot initiatives. But it's sort of hard to know how much people are paying attention. Ballots drop today, uh, <laughs> or no, a week from today. Uh, we're we're recording this on May second, um, and I bump into people all the time. Like, wait, there's an election next week. Uh, mm -hmm. Now this is the primary. Uh, uh, albeit, but what 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 do you you know what does this look like for you in terms of getting the message out right now? Well, we want everyone to know. You know, Black folks are ten percent of the population in California, and right. 
our vote, we tend to vote as a group. And so, and the tobacco industry has wooed us because they know that if they can get our leadership groups to not, you know, to say one way or the other that most of us follow what our leadership groups say. So the industry has perniciously targeted leadership groups in the past, um, like the NAACP, and that's changed that NAACP, which is our oldest civil rights organization, is standing firm for a yes on, on Senate Bill 793 and to defeat the industry. But we need folks to know that this is really about equity and health. Health is our foundational right. Everything is everything. And we've seen with COVID, if you don't have health, you don't have anything. You could have all the money in the world, but if you're in poor health, it really doesn't matter. And so our communities are in poor health. And this will be something that will vastly improve the health of our community. Um, folks need to know that the California Department of Public Health is on board. They are increasing services, cessation services. Our county health departments are. So this is an important ballot initiative because it's us finally uh, taking that long, the hand that's been around our throats, we talk about you can't breathe. You know, we were brought over here at, enslaved to cultivate tobacco. That was the beginning of our relationship um, in the United States. And now this has come full circle and we want to end it. We want to end the relationship. So the predation, we want to end it. And we want the industry, we want people to stand up and to, and to begin the process because this is the beginning of to do what it takes to get these products out of our community, to remedy the harm that's been done. We have really been harmed. And we've taken our case to actually the United Nations because what the industry has done is in violation of the International Convention for the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination. So that racist predatory marketing, uh, we want people of, people of goodwill across the state to stand up and say, enough is enough and not to fall prey to the, the cynical um, uh, latching on to our legitimate grievances in this country with policing and the black community, the black body, um, to, to, to slap them back and say, no, that's not, you know, it's not this, it's not either or, it's we need to work on both of these things at the same time. So we're not gonna let the biggest killer profiler of black men walk around free roaming around amongst us like a wolf while we're dealing with some of the systemic racist things that we must deal with in this country. And that, you know, we are dealing with not as quickly as I would like. I'm a mother. It's painful to see our men murdered on, you know, live on TV. And so the tobacco industry actually is latching onto that when they're, they're killing, you know, 45,000 black people every year with their targeting and seeding these deadly products in our community. So you mentioned potential, you know, efforts to confuse, not potential efforts, exactly. the tobacco company is certainly actively working to confuse. Are you comfortable with the ballot language? I, sorry, I, I haven't read it in detail, but, but how, let's just make sure listeners hear, like, how is that going to read just so? Uh, I this, have this not seen group. the ballot language. Okay. And as far as I know, we don't have a number yet or a letter. I don't know if it's going to be a number or a letter because it's Senate Bill 793, but that's not what it's going to be on the ballot. So I haven't seen what the actual ballot language looks like, but we want to, yes, uh, you know, yes to save lives, yes to save uh, black children. It's a yes vote when we get to whatever the letter or the number is going to be for the state of California. Okay. Um, so, so I, I just want to make sure that we're getting the full scope of what this is going to cover. This, this is, of course affects every community because this, this is about keeping all flavored tobacco, vaping being, you know, obviously one of the primary things for parents, school age children. All, all this is going to keep all flavored tobacco banned for sale in California, correct? That is correct. So with one exception, and that's hookah. 
And so hookah and hookah is proliferating in the black community like fire. Um, so that was the hookah, you know, they're very, the hookah lobby, they're very well organized and they make the, they make an emotional appeal that we're being racist against the Middle Eastern community if you want to take hookah off the market. And hookah's all over college campuses. Kids are smoking in their, in their dorms. It's a very social way to smoke. It is smoking. It is nicotine. Uh, one hookah session is like a, a pack, smoking a pack of cigarettes. It is addictive and it is bad for your lungs. Um, and so that, so the industry is going to go at this at two ways, we feel. One will be they will say, you know, we're not protecting kids from flavors because hookah is still on the market. And people will just be confused and they won't realize that we're taking, you know, 90% off, 95% off, and we're going to come back for hookah next year. And, or they're going to make the case that this is racist against Black people and that Black people are going to have more police interactions with the police, that Black people are going to have a Black markets uh, because we're just going to go crazy. We can't get our menthol cigarettes. And so Canada has taken these products off the market, the European Union, as I said, and that was not part of the conversation. It's a public health conversation. But because of this moment in time that we're at in our history uh, and seeing the officer-involved predation and some of our community members, that's at the forefront of our mind and our hearts um, when we think about, you know, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. So if, if these people are, are being killed um, for nothing, then of course, if there's one extra thing, then that's going to bring attention from the police, uh, the road police officers who are, who are like that. And so in our position is we have to, we can't let the tobacco industry latch on to this very tender spot in our hearts, we have to fight these fights at the same time right now and deal with the number one killer while we're dealing with the more visible issues of, of, of racism in our in our country. So, so besides San Francisco ballpark, how many municipalities in California have already banned flavored tobacco? So many. I know uh, that there are over a hundred uh, cities and counties across the country. So we have. Um, San Diego, the city of San Diego is, is having their second vote um, next week. They voted seven to two to take it off. Oakland, San Francisco, the county of Los Angeles, we're still working on the city of Los Angeles, the county of San Diego. So it's all over our state and all over the country as well. Um, and, uh, and we want that fight to continue. So, you know, just California's voting in November, but cities and counties that are in the queue to, to make their vote, they need to go on and get it done. In case if the state law does not prevail, you are protecting your city and county. And tobacco control really is a local, it's a grassroots fight. We fight city by city, county by county until we get the tipping point to get the state. And so we did get the tipping point to get the state, but then the industry interfered with that. In the meantime, we keep going. So the FDA is at play. In the meantime, we keep going in the other cities and counties across the country until the FDA is done. And then when it's done, your city and county has already voted, it's already implemented, and you're already having services to get our people off of these products. So you know we keep going on all different levels until it's done. I mean, you're talking about huge chunks of the state where this is this is already banned from a municipal point. LA County is 25 percent of the state in itself. Um, so, so we're you're really belt and suspendering this at this point. And so, I I just want to make sure listeners understand, like to the extent that you've got any confusion, like if your municipality already bans this, then it 
makes no sense to vote against the. the that's right. The, the exactly. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. If your city and county are ready, then that's a vote. That's a yes vote. Your leaders have implemented these laws. You're seeing the effects, and you want to share that with the rest of the state, the rest of the people. And you don't want people coming. Um, you know, the, 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 one of the arguments is that they'll go to the next city or they'll go to the next county. So that. That eliminates that. And, uh, right. you know, it's a very exciting time. I know that our people, people are intelligent and that we're doing the work that we need to really educate and engage the community. And that so when these messages come, their people are not going to fall for it. You know, and, 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 and so it was interesting in San Francisco and Oakland, they went at the same time, you know, and they're right across. There's a bridge there. Um, and so for Oakland, because Oakland has a larger African-American community, they went for the criminal, you know, that this is going to hurt black people. This is going to kill black people. Vote no. Or, uh, this was a this was going through the city council. So pressure your city council member to say vote no. San Francisco, which is my city, uh, you know, we're liberal, you know, do what you want. Grown folks can do what they want. So that was that, that was what they took that the tobacco industry put for the San Franciscans is that, you know, we're a liberal city. We're not about uh, prohibitions and enforcing people to do things that they don't, you know, adults can make up their own mind. And even though San Francisco really has a smaller percentage of young people, you know, it was very expensive. So our families are diminishing. But San Franciscans stood up 68 percent. And they said, we don't want these products sold in our city anymore. And so people need to, you know, grown people need to make some other arrangements to get this stuff. But we're not just going to have it selling on every corner um, and seeding the next generation of addiction. Uh, great. So then let me just take a full circle back to the, the federal issues. You know, we, we've got more competitive congressional races here in California than any other state by a mile this cycle. And of course, you know, we, we've got a high profile Senate race and Speaker of the House is from here, and the minority leaders from here. So, 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 what can be done to um, to talk to those federal elected officials? Do they have any role with this FDA process? Is there an oversight role that you want to see them implement, or it, or is this really just about lobbying the administration at this point? Sure, this is. You know, I'm glad you asked that because this is <clears throat> pressure. You know, the the elected officials are getting pressure on all levels, and and they need to hear it from their constituents. And one of the things, and this is what I, you know, I'd say for anybody, but in our community, it's rare that that uh, that an elected official would be out at a community meeting, and someone would say, you know, what is your plan? To, what is your plan about tobacco control in our community? What are you doing? So previously, we we're chasing after elected officials, and that's changing a lot. That's changed a lot, but but the conversation. They didn't want to have it, and they acted like, especially leaders that took money from the industry, that cigarettes just kind of fell from the sky, and people just kind of tried them and picked them up, and some people smoked and some didn't, rather than the active role that the industry plays in keeping our communities hooked. Um, so, so that those, so, and and there was a national bill passed, the Pallone bill, actually passed by a, um, a Congress, an elected official from New Jersey. I can't remember if it's a senator or Congress. But Pallone, this bill passed in the House. So we had a national bill to take these products off the market, but it went to the Senate where it just died, you know, just never made it anywhere. So there are, so our, our national leaders do have a role in this and they can pressure, put, you know, the different levers at all the different places in our, uh, how, how bills and how things work. So we do want to have those conversations with our elected officials on all levels 
um, to let them know what we want as, as constituents, as voters, and that this is important to us. And one of the things that's been uh, delightful to see is how many people, how many non-African Americans have taken up the cause and they talk about the predation on the black community. They feel more comfortable um, in, 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 in sticking up for us and with us to, to get these products out of our community. And one of the group is PAVE, uh, Parents Against Vaping, uh, Meredith Berkman and Dorian Furman, leaders of that group, when they really understood how we were targeted with menthol, we have really worked together because they got together because of the e-cigarettes. And the e-cigarettes, the vapors, went after middle-class white kids, which in the menthol went after poor Black people. So they were just able to do that for decades without anybody saying anything about it. But because Jewel and those folks went after middle-class white kids, then we had legislation, we had hearings, we've had the attorney generals are suing Jewel, you know, we've already had some settlements. Um, and so we're still waiting, black folks are still waiting for what is our remedy? What is, what's gonna happen for our community as a whole for the, for the predation that we've been living with for all these decades? Yeah, ironically, a company that calls itself a San Francisco tech company because it's electronic cigarettes. Mm -hmm. So, so yes. the the ironies on this issue are too 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 yes. rich to to, to cover them all. Too rich. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, well, this has been a great overview of, of where we are. I'm really glad uh, to see you guys ramping up on the communications on this one. And this is just such an important issue. So much has been fought and so much progress has been made to getting where it is. It would just be criminal if the if this, the law is not upheld at this point. So I'm really hoping um, we can certainly help you get the message out to yes. our listeners. But Thank you, wish Brian. you the best of luck in, in your work. Now, if people want to find out more about your organization, how to get involved. Where Certainly. So we have our website is savingblacklives.org, savingblacklives.org. Uh, my email is cmagruder at usa.net, c-m-c-g-r-u-d-e-r at usa.net. Uh, you can get on our website and sign on and you'll get updates from us. We have so many different things that are happening. This is our year of no menthol. Uh, we have a wonderful webinar on May 19th, Malcolm X's birthday, well, we'll be talking about a deal, the deal made in heaven and hell, I'm sorry, deal made in hell about the, you know, the public health policy uh, bargaining that left menthol in in the first place. And we also are having a national conference in Washington, D.C. in September, September uh, 28th through the 30th. That's really going to give our people, the mar our people, meaning everyone in the United States, the marching orders for the next few years to get menthol taken off the market. Whatever happens with the FDA, whatever happens with California, we move forward and we are not going to stop until the job is done. Uh, as President Obama once said at a meeting, we were, we were all in complaining about um, the sort of perfect bill not passing. He said, better is better. And, uh, you know, you're, you're making things better. So thank you for what you're doing. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I hope, hope listeners will go to site, check it out, get involved and Please certainly do. be sure to vote yes on this one. Yes. Uh, Carol, thanks for being here. Pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We invite you to share story ideas, comments, and questions. Find us at NeptuneOps.com or on Twitter at, at NationStateOfP1. Again, that's at NationStateOfP and then the number one. Follow us and subscribe to listen to all of our episodes as we continue to explore the inside stories driving California policy. I'm your host, Brian Miller, and thank you for listening. Olas Media.